0: All right, so let's jump in real quick. About a year ago, I told a story to the men at men's group, and uh, they always remember everything I have to say. I mean, like, always, right. Yeah, they're like, we met at your house, uh, you know. <laughs> but it was a, a Polish monk. His name was Maximilian Kolb. And the interesting thing about uh, Maximilian Kolb is uh He was ardently opposed to the Nazi regime and what was going on. Uh, He also housed many Jews who were trying to escape the torment of what was going on in World War II and the concentration camps, but eventually he got caught, and he was placed in Auschwitz concentration camp, and I've been there a couple times. Uh, It's a pretty amazing and sad place to be a part of. One day a man escaped from Auschwitz prison and in reprisal, the, uh, the Nazi SS officers took 10 other men from the camp and said, you're going to die in his place. At that, one of the men screamed out, but I have a wife, I, I have kids, I have family. And upon hearing that, Maximilian Kolb stepped forward out of the line and said, take me instead. And they marched these 10 men off to be put into a hole to starve to death. And it's said that along the way, he was singing songs of praise and worship with the 10 men leading them. And as the officers came to check on him for the next two to three weeks as they slowly died, they said they consistently found this monk praying in a circle with them at the center, crying out blessings to the Lord and just calming them. In fact, one SS guard had this very simple thing to to say at some point. He he, he just merely said, this priest is really a great man. We've never seen anything like him. And what I want to say is this. What is it about the love of Christ when we really see it that causes this world to be in awe? What is it about his love That just brings people to their knees in amazement. What does this love even look like? Jesus would tell us in John 13, we've, we've talked about this before, but what a great reminder. He says, A new command to give you love one another. That's not really a new command, is it? The Bible's talked about loving each other, loving your neighbor for a long time. So what is it about this love that's so unique? And he says, a new command, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. But then don't miss this last line. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It doesn't say by your intelligence they will know you are a disciple. It doesn't even say the good things you do. Although I believe that when we do the right things out of love, they see Christ on display. But did you know you can be doing the right things with the wrong attitude? Are you doing them in love? Or any more difficult question, are you a loving person? Jesus wasn't just talking about loving the people we meet. No, it's not just the people on the streets and in the store and and at school or at work, wherever it may be. Yes, we need to love them. But he's talking specifically to a group of disciples in a room privately meeting together. This wasn't a sermon. This wasn't out in public. He was in a room the night he was to be arrested with a group of people. And he said, love one another. And guess what we discover? We have no business trying to pretend to love out there if we can't love in here. You know what I mean? There's a word for that. They call it hypocrite. Do you love Jesus' family? The church. His people that bear his name. Love One another. Loving each other as Jesus loves us, which is a core value of ours. That's what we're talking about in this series. Love as Jesus loves. It starts by loving each other here in this room, right here, right now. The world needs to see this love and be amazed. That's why I love this line. Uh, Many of you probably saw M. Night Shyamalan from The Village, Edward Walker, the, the guy that's kind of in charge. He has this line that I love. Every time I see it, he says, the world moves for love. It kneels before it in awe. It kneels before it in awe. I believe it's true. Just like Maximilian Kolb, when we hear that story, we see that love demonstrated and we're just left mesmerized. What is this Love but not everybody's mesmerized, by the way, by the love of Jesus Christ. Some are appalled by it. Some deny it. Some hate it. This was written by one of the Caesars, actually, uh, in the, right after Constantine. Uh, he did not like Christianity, and he had this to say. He said, these impious Galileans, that's what they called Christians back then, he said, not only feed their own, but ours also, welcoming them in their agape love. They attract them as children are attracted with cakes. Whilst the pagan priests neglect the poor, it's like our folks are neglecting the poor, and these Christians are out there demonstrating this agape love. The hated Galileans devote themselves to works of charity and by a display of false compassion, his opinion, have established and given effect to their pernicious errors. Such practice is common amongst them and causes contempt for. Our gods. There was something about the way these early Christians lived out their life in agape love that caused other people to look at the Roman gods and say, I don't think so. I need that. They were defined by their love and their charity. Another governor, we don't know who he was, but when writing... To one of the Caesars, he says that the Galileans, the Christians, also begin their so called love feasts or hospitality or service of tables, for they have many ways of carrying it out and hence call it by many names. And the result is that they have led very many to atheism. They had a different definition back there. Atheism was anybody who worships something other than the Roman gods. So these, these very Christians, by their love and by their charitable acts, are drawing people away from the Roman gods because like like it should be, they stand in awe of love on display, the love of Jesus Christ. Another governor would complain because the Christians would go outside the gates of the town where people would take unwanted babies and just leave them there to die, and they would take hold of those babies, and they started orphanages, and they started caring for them. These same Christians, then, would look at the widows, and they would care for them. They would take the sick, and they started hospitals. Everywhere the love of Christ is put on display, we see a group of godly Christians living out that love in the world around them, and so real quickly, I want to just kind of take a hard right turn and just talk practically about Radiant Church for a minute, if I could. Because I want Radiant Church to be a blessing in our community, and I wanna be known by our love. I want people to be attracted to Radiant Church, not because, oh, we've got cool people, or music, or I like this, or I like that, that's all (laughs) consumerism. I want them to be attracted to Radiant Church, and to Jesus because of our love. So what is that going to look like, though, practically speaking? Because we we can sit here all day and talk about it. Rarely do I look at somebody and go, I want to be known for my hate, and I go, amen, brother, preach it. You know what I mean? That's not how it works. So, I mean, we all nod our heads. Like, yeah, we want to be noticed for our love, but at some point, you've got to put that thought into action, right? We've talked about it. Head to the heart to the what? the hands. It's got to be put in action. Once you know we've been busy behind the scenes, just kind of trying to ask, how can we be a blessing to the community? And we're just getting started. But some of the things that I want to propose today are big. And I'm going to need some help. And I want you to pray through, is this something God's leading me into and calling me towards? But we'll say it time and time again. If we've Have something that is that we're completely capable of by our own abilities, it ain't a God sized dream. All right, God sized dreams happen when we say, I can't do it, but without you, Lord, I'm relying on you. So let's just talk about some practical things. For the last two or three years, article after article after article, if you read the newspapers, if you watch the news, read your phone, whatever it may be, there's a childcare crisis in the United States. Not enough workers, not enough childcare centers, not enough whatever. There's a crisis. I have friends that we know that have eight, nine, 10 month waiting lists to try to get their child in somewhere. And, and we know it. And so I've been praying, Lord, Is this something we have to step into? Because add to it a ferocious desire to put a biblical worldview into kids because they live in a world that has a very different message to tell. And the best time to teach somebody about Jesus is at a young age. So is it time for Radiant to step into that? And we believe it is. And we believe we need to modify our Pleasant Hill facility to begin thinking about that and stepping into it. Here's the problem. I can't run a daycare. No, I can't. (laughs) Nor should I. (laughs) Let's get to the deeper issue. Not gifted that way, sorry. Nor do I have that level of hours in my week. There really are a limited number. Not sure which direction we're going to go with this. You've got questions? Boy, do I as well. What we know is we need some kind of owner of it. Whether well, that's an owner and we've taken on the business as a separate 501c3 to go forward like we want, or someone comes in and says, I have my own business, I'd like to rent your facility, as long as whatever we're doing always has a biblical worldview at its center. I don't have the answer. I'm just casting now the vision. Now you know. And if that's something the Lord's putting on your heart, let's talk. Or maybe you say, I don't think I'm wired to lead something like that, Pastor. I'm not not at that level. But man, I might want to be one of the workers. I might want to watch the kids. Let's talk about that as well. The next thing we've already stepped into a little bit here at the Pleasant Hill facility, and I'll go backwards real quick. It is our intention, for instance, when we move Ankeny at some point in the next two, three years, that we will put a a daycare center in there as well. It's what we do here is going to make its way there also. And the need in Ankeny is just as great as it is on the east side. The next is... uh, Christian counseling, and I don't think I have to tell you that uh, mental health was already a problem before COVID, and COVID just took whatever issues we had and exponentially shot it out the roof. Uh, Don Gilbert runs New Life Counseling. He is at our Ankeny campus, and just ask him. He's on a waiting list for months to try to get to him at times. It's not just counseling. We need Christian counseling, because I had to tell you, There's a difference between true Christian counseling and some of this garbage the world talks about out there, okay? What does it look like for us to step in and provide Christian counseling? And at Pleasant Hill, we've already kind of taken some baby steps in that. About a year ago, New Life Counseling opened up an office here at the Pleasant Hill campus and we gave a wing of the building to them, but I know that Don's looking to expand that and we're hoping he does as well but we believe and as a church we should be able to provide godly christian counseling resources to our community. The next one is one that's uh, newer and we're walking into it and it has to do with child mentoring. What would it look like to just ask our folks to take an hour out of their week to meet with a, a young girl or a young boy, maybe at school, maybe somewhere else, but just to provide Christian mentoring. Nothing big. You don't have to have any special knowledge. You you know what? Some of these kids are just lonely. They don't have godly influences in their lives. Dad's gone. Mom left. Whatever it may be. They just need someone for an hour a week to say, I love you. Talk to me. Tell me what's going on in your life. You got an hour somewhere in your week? One? I do. We called the lady that's in charge of it. It's Kid's Hope. You know what's so hilarious? She's like, we were talking about Ankeny for a minute. She's like, yeah, um... There's a school in Ankeny, um, you probably haven't heard of it, there's a desperate need, um, but we need them to go in there. And I'm like, you mean the school that's about a half mile from my house? And she's like, yeah, that one. And then she said, What my real need's on the east side. And I said, you mean where our main campuses? Yeah. We need to step into this. But again... I need someone to own it. I need someone to say I'm willing to put in a chunk of hours each week to lead, guide, and make this happen. If that's you, let's talk. What's another area we're stepping into? Hospice care. We're teaming up with Table Church who we helped plant here in the area. And they have trained a couple trained people there with hospice care. And they, they asked us, is that something you can help us with? You know, it's like, Jesus, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And while we think it's important to pour into a kid's life, is it not just as important to sometimes walk those final steps with others? To treat them with dignity and respect. For many of them, they're lonely as well. To be a presence to be a calm, to be listening? What would it be to treat them with absolute dignity? Is that something we can step into? And if that's something you're interested in a little while, Maddie will give you a chance on any of these to just kind of write down and say, I'd like to get some more information. A- and then we'll, we'll try to get you some information. Give us two or three weeks though on that. There's a lot going on right now with some of this, as you can tell. The last one I'll just say quickly is one we've been engaged in for a while, but we're looking to to grow it and expand, and that is the local food pantries. We've been working with Caring Hands really for over five, six years now uh, on that. We have people that volunteer there and are part of it. We financially support them as well. Your tithing dollars partially go that direction. And so we, We want to look at other options, too. And so we're talking, for instance, to a food bank in the Ankeny area because uh, Caring Hands largely meets this side of Des Moines in the Altoona area. So we're looking to expand to the north side on that. Pastor Ben's having those conversations. But that's something else we want to step into. But I will tell you, at Caring Hands or wherever it may be, they need volunteers. You got two or three hours in a week where you can sit there and help somebody? Maybe just help organize, hand out food, pray with somebody, whatever it may be. We want to take that another step further. There's many ways to serve your community. And I, I want to tell you a little bit about Christy and I's journey for the last two or three years. And I don't want you to hear, yay, Jason and Christy, you guys are so cool, we love you. That, I will miss the point in telling you this. I just want to share with you, though, how, how we have had to awaken and say, well, first off, if you're gonna pastor a church and ask them to do it, maybe you ought to do it yourself. There's a thought, um, you know what I mean? But like, what's it gonna be to be a blessing and how can we lead by example? And it's not a yay, Jason Christie, in two or three of these, when I talked about it, like stepping into it was super uncomfortable. It was, it was out of my comfort zone. But what's it gonna be, even in a small way, to engage your community? About three years ago, Christy got in a conversation with somebody and they were saying in the Ankeny area, for instance, so like, we, we need crossing guards. We can't get people to be crossing guards to help kids cross the street. And, and Christy said, okay. And so for a couple days a week, she helped man a, a crossing guard station not far from our house. But after that COVID hit... And suddenly, there were really no workers. And the guy's like, you know what? I need, I need some crossing guard people, and I need people to drive a bus. And Christy comes to talk to me, and I'm like, there's not a chance in H-E double hockey sticks I'm driving a bus with screaming kids. Sorry, not your, not your pastor's best moment, okay? Uh, you know, but I'm just keeping it real. I'm like, that ain't going to happen, uh, you know? <laughs> but that crossing guard thing, maybe I can step into. And You know what? As the Lord orchestrates things, sure enough, they have Have a station available in our neighborhood. Going to that same school I talked about a bit ago. And so Christy does it in the morning, and I do it in the afternoons, and we've been doing it for the last couple school years. And it's been an enormous blessing because we get to meet the kids and we know them by name, and now we know the parents, and they come by and they say hi to us all the time. And I'll tell you something even cooler. In the process, I have met my one, and we'll talk about that next week. I met my one. There's other ways too. Christy saw an ad on Facebook to go help out uh, with special needs Olympics and she signed up for that one day a year to help out. She loves working with special needs kids. It was amazing. I sat in a meeting, as all parents do, talking about basketball, an informational meeting. But at the end, the coach is like, I can't find anybody to run our scoreboard and, 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 and keep score uh, for that. And, and um, come talk to me if, if you can. And I noticed as things were going, people weren't going to him. They were heading the other direction and on it. And so I went down and I said, okay. I'll do it. And this is super uncomfortable because it's like, hey, come use a piece of equipment you've never used before in front of 100-plus people to put it on display. Right now, the tech team's like, ah, we do that every week. But still, <laughs> 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 for me, it was out of my box, you know, and um, it's kind of awkward. So, but did it. And you know what? I've got to met all the coaches, and I've met coaches from other schools as well, and I got to meet the referees and get to know them. We started seeing them more and more, and guess what I found out talking to the referees? They don't have enough referees, so I don't know where to send you, but man, if God's putting it on your heart, they need refs, not just for school, but for other sports in the community and so forth, They need coaches. We constantly get notes from our community. We need coaches in there. What would it look like for godly men and women to coach our sports in the area and to see godly influences in their life? And you're like, well, no, no, I don't have any kids. You don't have to have kids to coach a sport. You just need love. Love. The opportunities, as we discovered, are endless. Whether that's Christy stepping in and helping to sow or, or, or me stepping in to help with marching band unload and, and, and do other things. there's Again, that's not yes. Yeah, just once we started really opening our eyes and our ears and paying attention and once we had the courage to step into it and say, I can help. The need is endless. Do you have the eyes to see can you make yourself available because you never know how God can use your gift of time and energy and compassion to plant a seed I remember one night unloading and for, for marching band, a guy knew as a pastor and just started asking questions about Jesus and what he liked what he didn't like so forth who knows what seed got planted in that conversation you know what I mean Who knows? What would it look like for us to be seed planters? But for that to start, you've got to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and you've got to be willing to step in and say, I got an hour. I got two. I can help with this. That's what I've learned. You just never know what that love lived lived out. Can accomplish through Jesus Christ. I end with this interesting thing. Remember, we talked about Maximilian Kolb when we started the teaching. Before he was in Poland, he spent several years in Nagasaki, Japan, as a missionary. Helped build a, a, a church there and an orphanage. A mission. He left then to go to Poland Four years after he would be killed, giving his life for someone else, a nuclear bomb was dropped on the city of Nagasaki. But here's what's interesting. While every building in its vicinity was torn down from the bomb, one building was left standing. And it was the mission. This man who would have been forgotten in the war, and all the noise and distraction is remembered to this day because of his amazing act of love put on display. And through his life lived out, we celebrate that love through Jesus Christ as a demonstration to what he is calling us to do. It's a powerful love. How will you live as Jesus lived and love as Jesus loved? Let's pray.